Would you go ahead and be seated? The Lord is going to awaken more within our hearts uh, just as we explore, look into his word. Great to see you all here um, today. Good to have you online with us for our online Destiny family, Destiny table, New York. Just excited about what God is doing in all of our lives and all of our gatherings and all of our focal points. And um, really deeply stirred today uh, to have faith that in our time together, the Lord's going to shake some things and deepen some things and impart some things and release some things and awaken some things. And I'm going to explain a little bit of the journey uh, that I've been on this week to get there. But I want to walk you through the process uh, of understanding something that I think is really vitally important for us to comprehend and understand. So I want to do it this way. Let's first start. Um, I did have some some husbands in the first service tell me that um, they got in trouble over this. So I'll just forewarn you, okay? How many of you in the room, by a show of hands, would say, women are very complicated? Can I just see? Women are very complicated. I'm, I'm noticing that a few ladies, mainly men, a lot of guys are in trouble right now. The truth is, and I will admit to you, I raised my hand this service. My wife was on the front row in the second service, and I said, if you believe women are complicated, raise your hand. <laughs> That's how I did it. I didn't raise my hand. So um, the, the fact is we are all deeply complicated. It's not that women are complicated. It's human beings are deeply complicated. Like there's a lot going on in you, more than what you realize I love Psalms 139. You might want to just jot it down and take a look uh, this week at that particular chapter. Today, we're going to talk about uh, Romans 12. So I'm uh, encouraging you to bring your Bibles to church. You might just go ahead and open to Romans 12. We'll get there in just a few moments. But the reason I point to Psalms 139, just be a great journey for you in prayer this week to take a note on this in this particular chapter where David says, you know everything about me, Lord. Like, you know my coming, you know my going, you know my words before I speak them, you know my thoughts before I have them. Like, you know the most intricate details of me more than I do. And then the latter part of that is the famous portion of Scripture, verses 23 and 24 of Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Isn't it interesting? God is asking uh, or David is asking God, search me and know my heart. After he says, you've already searched me and you know everything there is to know about me. And so why would he say, you know everything, and then later say, search me? Unless it's the realization that we need God to search us, not so he will know, but so we will know the deeper complexities of what is taking place within our hearts, within our lives, within our emotions. And so it was interesting, <clears throat> my, our youngest daughter, Lexi, when she was uh, turning 16, uh, most of the time, teenagers are excited to get their driver's license. I was. Lexi's older sister, Faith, was. Um, some teenagers aren't necessarily excited about it, but they do it. You know, not necessarily with all the enthusiasm. Well, Lexi was actually getting her license with none of those emotions. She was terrified to get her license. And I knew that she was really concerned about driving, and here now she's going to have to go get in a car and drive with somebody watching. We're driving to the DMV, 
And, uh, and I'm, I'm watching, you know, I'm just kind of glancing over and she's just sitting like this the whole way, not saying a word. And, and so I just said, Lexi, why don't you just tell me right now what's going through your mind? And literally, she sat there in silence for another 10 seconds or so. And then she looked at me and she said, you really want to know? I said, yes, I do. And she goes, that's what she said. We both, we both just died laughing. I mean, we laughed all the way to the DMV. <clears throat> but here's the thing that you have to understand. The, the, the emotion that was going on deep within her had more to do with deep complexities of experiences that she had had months before than the moment she was going to take the driver's test. She had been in a car with her sister who, was, who had just gotten her license, and they're driving down like at I-40 and Meridian. They're, they're right behind me. I saw this whole thing take place in my rearview mirror. I saw a semi-truck coming across three lanes of traffic, and I could see that he didn't see uh, Faith, and, and he literally hit the back end of their car. Lexi saw the whole thing coming, the truck coming, and then the, you know, it hooked her bumper, and she fortunately got loose, or no telling what could have happened with that you know, a T-bone scenario with a semi-truck. And, and Faith navigated the car well and got stopped. But boy, it was a traumatic moment. And I got to tell you, I jumped out. Anyone ever had a, a Papa Bear reaction? I slammed on my brakes and I jumped out. And the guy in the truck is sitting there. And, and I'm like, what's up? What's up? I like, and Faith is in the car. And she's like thinking I'm talking to her. Like, what's your problem? Driving bad or something. She's boo-hoo crying. I'm like, oh, no. Man. I mean, it was the craziest emotion moment. I can't even describe to you the high level of emotion that was going on. That produced trauma, trigger, and emotion in Lexi. This deeply complex and more than any of us could comprehend, even in that moment of her life. How many of you believe there are deep complexities that exist within you? That even as I start talking to you about what it means to passionately pursue the Lord, there are deep complexities that exist within you. Some things are going to argue against what I'm about to say. Some things are going to cooperate fully with what I'm about to say. But there are three conversations going on in this moment, and you need to know those three conversations are taking place. I'm having a conversation with you. God is having a conversation with you, and you are having a conversation with you. And God wants to awaken something within you where the conversation he is having with you will actually prevail above all else. We all have passions, trigger, and deep emotion. And that's why we need to understand how to constructively apply our emotion. Emotion. A few years ago, my wife Tracy spoke, and a message she brought on a Sunday was about the power of emotion, and boy, it impacted me. Just she shared how E is the symbol for energy. So emotion is energy in motion, and that can be directed in a good way, or that can be directed in a bad way. And we need to learn how to constructively manage the emotion that we actually have a God given ability to produce. You know, my getting out and yelling, what's up, what's up with that guy? That was born from a fatherly instinct that wants to protect my child. And it can easily, all of a sudden, that gets misdirected slightly over a line. And suddenly, like, I'm 
about to jump on a trucker, you know? I mean, it's just so crazy what can suddenly go in the wrong direction when you get energy in motion in a certain way. So I think the Lord wants to help us understand that by my spirit, says the Lord, we can take the energy, put it in motion where we're not exploring and pursuing the things of the world, but we are exploring and pursuing the things of God. Today, I want to talk about what it is to passionately pursue the Lord. Not just pursue, passionately pursue the Lord. <clears throat> I asked in the first service, how many of you are passionate? And um, I was surprised not, not too many people raised their hand. A few people did. Like, I would answer yes to that question because I'm just, you know, kind of crazy. Uh, zealous about everything. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. But the reality is you are all passionate. Everybody is very passionate, and you're passionate by design. So I want us to comprehend this today as we recognize, as men and women of destiny, we know that as a church family, we are marked by God with a hunger for God as our way of life. That is a deep conviction to us as a church family. You hang around here very long, you endure me or the other teaching team very long, you're going to have a certain measure of deeper passion awakened to pursue the Lord your God. We don't want to make anybody more religious. We want to make you more relational to the Lord your God. And there's a price to be paid to get from here to there. How I many know? And so what we don't want to do is just always celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank God he sent his son. But sometimes we need to learn to celebrate the sacrifice of the body of Christ that really presses in to go deeper in their pursuit and their hunger with God. Now, I, I just want to be real honest with you. This week I've struggled in something as I've just prepared. I've prayed into this. And I, I, I found myself um, allowing almost a sense of heaviness to come over me in preparation for today. And part of it is the reality that there are people who want to go to church but don't want to be disciples. There are people who will attend church, but they kind of get their church-going element knocked out as if it's one of the checklist things to do. And I just... I've had a few encounters and interactions with people in the course of the past week, and it's just hit me. It's like, I'm going to get up and preach about passionately pursuing the Lord, and like, are, are we really passionately pursuing the Lord? And, you know, I mean, it just, I, I mean, it, it just, I don't know how to say it, but it was just an attack of the enemy to try and quieten my voice and cooperate with less than what God wants us to possess. And I will not do that. I, I, in fact, this morning, the Holy Spirit began to challenge me in something, and, and it's kind of an interesting journey, but um, I was reading about how neurological scientists have learned that the sound of our voice actually has the ability to affect our neurological development from head to toe. In other words, your body has a sensory responsiveness to the sound of your voice. And if you speak negativity, listen to me, I'm breaking a spirit of negativity in the house. 
If you speak negativity, then neurologically your body reciprocates and responds in negativity. And if you speak positivity, then your body begins to respond in positivity. That's why the Bible doesn't say, let the weak wallow around in being weak. It says what? Let the weak use the sound of their voice to say, say it with me, I am strong. Let's say it, I am strong. We want to use the sound of our voice to release something of God's kingdom. We knew this before neurological science ever figured it out because the power of life and death are in the tongue, the Bible says. So the word of God revealed this before science confirmed it. And I want to say to you, why don't you rise up and stop allowing your circumstances to take control of your tongue and speak that which is not as though it is. And I'm declaring that today. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me that the voice of authority that God wants to reveal in the house is going to impact the neurological responsiveness of the body, the body of Christ. And so why don't you join with me as we awake in the power of God within us to become everything God has called us to become in Jesus' mighty name. Not just my voice, our voice. There's a lot of sickness right now in our community, but what we're declaring is what God is revealing. There is a wave of healing sweeping across this land. Come on, then we say our yes and amen. We agree for that and we break that infirmity over the land. Somebody's got to rise up in an attitude that says, we don't live circumstantially according to the world, but we rise up in a measure of faith that God's placed within our hearts. And the more we deeply pursue the heart of God, the more substance comes from our sound and the more fire comes in our eyes and the more weight comes in our words. May the Lord awaken that within us today in Jesus' mighty name. As I lead you in this, in the, the declaration that we're outrageously loving people, how many of you know there's something about saying it that matters? We passionately pursue the Lord. We irrationally giving lifestyles as we consistently submit to God's desires and effectively disciple others to do the same. This is the progression that we look at every year in the beginning of the year as we devote these first 40 days to understanding the five foundational truths that the Lord has given us. You are marked by God to have a passion for God because part of what we know the Lord's spoken to us as a family is that we're going to passionately pursue the Lord. But what I, I, the reason I'm saying all this is because that, that phrase is going to pop up on the screen, and I want to invite you, let's say it together, but let's say it in an attitude of faith and expectation, and let's release something. Are you ready? We are outrageously loving people who passionately pursue the Lord with irrationally giving lifestyles as we consistently submit to God's desires and effectively disciple others to do the same. What I'm saying is God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is now. We're not waiting for a move of God because we actually are the move of God in the earth. That's who we are. So we're going to awaken that passionate pursuit of the Lord. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I thought about uh, one of my favorite quotes from Dr. King. And he's speaking about how important it is that we be purposeful and intentional about progress and about passion. 
And I want you to think about this because, listen, God's will doesn't just happen in your life because God wants God's will to happen in your life. You do understand that. God will not justify you without you. You have to respond to his invitation and accept Jesus Christ and be intentional about salvation. Otherwise, you won't be saved. Do you understand that? So this is like you have to learn to cooperate. Once you respond, then that releases God's reach. But God's reach is always limited to your willingness to respond. Dr. King's statement, human progress is neither automatic nor is it inevitable. There must be sacrifice, suffering, struggle, passion, and dedication. If we're going to make progress and understand passion in all areas of society, in all areas of life, then we're going to have to be intentional about what we are doing. We don't want you to just come to church because you cannot come to church. You cannot go to church You are the church. We want you to be the church. And we gather as the church under the anointing and under the power of God Almighty to release something explosive of God's kingdom in the earth. We're here to be equipped and empowered to become everything God's called us to be. Just punch your neighbor in the shoulder and tell them, man, God's doing something in you right now. I know, I know. That whole complex thing just got a punch back, payback, right? How many of you hope you're going to grow spiritually this year? Can I just see? Man, I hope I grow spiritually. How many of you want to know Jesus more, more intimately by the end of this year? I mean, I hope that happens. But those of you who have been here for a while, can you just help me finish the statement? Hope is not a strategy. Hope has never been a strategy. Hope will never be a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. I hope so too. But for us as believers, there's a different way we hope. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And faith without action is dead. So to have a hope that is substantial, there must be action coupled with that hope. And so I want to just challenge you in these 40 days, these first fruit of the year that we devote ourselves to being intentional about our pursuit of God. Miss a few meals. How many of you in the room could afford to miss a few meals? You know what I'm saying. Miss a few meals and do it for spiritual purposes. Like it's called fasting and praying. In these 40 days, get intentional about your pursuit of God. Get up early in the morning at a sacrificial hour to get into the Word and invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate what He's desiring to reveal. I mean, pursue the Lord personally. Pursue the Lord corporately. If you're able to be in this room Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., we gather here and we press in just to go deeper and to release something over our entire church family, over our community, over the communities of the world where we have entrance and influence. And so I want to invite you in this season, let's go deeper and let's do so purposefully. I was blown away this last week. I saw this study from Duke University. And you know what it said? Because uh, what I'm talking about is doing what we do, you know, sacrificially. Well, how many of you know we, we tend to, to lean into convenience? Would you agree with that? Like, we're, we're, even our faith and our pursuit of God tends to be more of a matter of convenience. And when I read this in Duke University's research, they said that one out of five 
churchgoers don't go to church on Sunday if it rains. In other words, it rains outside and we're like, oh, it's raining. Let's just stay home today. That was pre-COVID. Now we're in a whole different disposition. We're like, we have gotten really used to the online experience, and that's an available option, and we'll be online Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Here's the thing I want you to understand about our online church family. Glad you're online with us. And again, I just give a shout out to Destiny Table, New York. We don't expect you to fly in and be in this building every Sunday, uh, but what we want to do is those of you that are able to make it in physically, then you Use online as the supplemental expression when you're unable to make it into the building. But I mean, the Bible actually calls us to gather. We gather online. We gather in the room. I want to encourage you that we would sacrificially chase after and do what God's called us to in his word, not as a matter of preference, but truly as a matter of conviction. Forsake not yourself together, the assembling of yourselves together. Y'all were, pre- y'all were uh, shouting me better a little earlier. I'm just, you know, I'm meddling a little bit right now. I, I'm navigating through. We're all trying to figure this out. But there's been a major shift that's happened in our nation, in the church, in the process of COVID. And this is what we've learned. And we're going to be hosting a, <clears throat> our Fuel the Fire conference the first weekend of March. And we're going to really dive into this a lot. But what, what's happened out of the pandemic, we've come to the clear realization that we have over-relied on a Sunday gathering as our focal point for discipleship. And God's trying to take us deeper. What we want to do is understand the, the gathering purpose and how that then perpetuates into a powerful expression in your personal life as we go out and become the church. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, if you'll turn to Romans 12, this is the NIV. We're going to read verse 1 and then we'll kind of circle back to it again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, would everybody please say it out loud? Worship. The question is not, will you have passion? The question is, will you have passion for the things of God or will you have passion for the things of the world? You are by design deeply passionate and truly complex. And there are these triggers and emotions and things that are existing within you. And a lot of that is like God using those things. Your experiences are a part of your expression of your life. And God wants to use some of those things to help navigate and help you find your way. Some of you have a real heart for children. We would love to talk to you about kids ministry. Some of you don't, and we don't want to talk to you about kids ministry. You understand, like there are things that are in your heart, these deep mechanisms that exist within you, and part of that is God wanting to utilize that to take you into more of a purposed expression of your life. But not all of your experiences are God-given, and not all of your experiences, you know, came in a way that wasn't trauma, but somehow I I, I don't understand it because I, you know, in my own life even, I look at this and I think, 
all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All, how many of you had some bad stuff happen in your life? All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I mean, the, everything that's ever happened in your life, God will use it if you'll give it to him. He didn't cause it, but he will use it if you'll allow him to have it. So this verse of Scripture is so interesting because it says, In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your worship. Offer your bodies. Anybody here have any trouble with their flesh? Anybody here have trouble with your body? That's what we're talking about. Your body houses your desires. I mean, I've had more trouble with the guy I see in the mirror every morning than any person I've ever met in my life. And the, the Bible talks about how your body and your flesh, your carnal desires, you know, they're embodied physically in your physical man. And then you've got this inner man, this spirit man, and then your soul is in between. And there's just almost a wrestling match going on. And your soul has to make a choice of which direction to be inclined. And what this is saying is take the very thing that most commonly causes you to deviate from serving Jesus and give it to God as an act expression of worship. This might be shocking to you. But God can actually take the passions and desires that exist within your body and let them begin to be used and trained and equipped to actually align with your God-given assignment if you will allow your body to be an expression of worship to the Lord your God by renewing your mind constantly. So let's circle back and let's pick up again verses 1. We're going to read through verse 3 in Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now, we're going to come back to that in just a bit, but I just want to make sure you understand there is a measure of faith God has distributed to you. How many of you know God has given you a measure of faith? Each of you. This said very specifically, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So we all have a measure of faith. What we do with that is another question, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a few moments. But let's return to this idea of worship and desire and, and, and emotion and trigger and passion and even trauma and what's going on. Passion exists within you because God designed you to worship. I want you to think about this for a moment. Process this on a deep, deep level. You are designed by God to worship. You will worship. Everybody, everywhere is always worshiping. It's your God-given design. Even those who aren't Christians who would consider themselves to be non-religious people, are fervent worshipers. It's just your design. You can't change your God-given design. So what we have to do is understand how this actually affects the expression 
of our lives. The devil can't change your design, so what he wants to do is hijack your design and get you in the resemblance of the expression of worship in other areas of your life so you stay distracted from the call of God. And distraction from the call of God is destruction of the call of God. And I want to interrupt with all of us in the room, everyone online right now, that we would not come to a place where one day we step into this point of eternity out of this life and we're now in eternity. How many of you know regret in this life is a terrible thing, but eternal regret has to be well beyond our wildest imagination. I want to disrupt that in every one of our lives. Where we don't stand in a place of eternity and look back at what we could have been, what we could have done, who we could have become. But we will in every way surrender our lives to God Almighty and deeply pursue him with the passion that he's placed within us as worshipers of the Lord our God. So the question is, who or what are you living for? If you don't worship God, then you're going to worship something or someone else. Worshiping a person is fear of man or people-pleasing. I just felt in the uh, earlier service, and I'm just going to say it in here. I break the spirit of the fear of man in Jesus' mighty name. We need that broken off of our lives. Come on. We need that broken off of our lives. That is the worship of people to have the fear of man operating and controlling our disposition. If you worship your job, do you understand? You bring a sacrificial offering of yourself and your family on the altar of workaholic ideology. That's what that is. You're sacrificing things that matter because you're chasing a bottom line or you're chasing a GPA or you're chasing a relationship and you're willing to lay down values. Those values then become a sacrifice because you're designed to worship. How many of you are hearing what I'm saying? God wants to bring this in proper order in our lives. So many Christians And Christian leaders are not growing spiritually, and they don't even know it. And it's not that they're trying not to grow spiritually. It's just that they're living distracted lives. They're allowing their their worship to be misappropriated in the wrong direction. Hear this loud and clear. The less we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the more we will thirst for entertainment and reputation or the pursuit of recognition. The less we pay attention to what God is doing in our lives, the more we're going to try and fill it in other ways. Science tells us that our brains literally have 400 billion actions per second. That's crazy. But if you are not a person who experiences the grandeur of God as your way of life with your mental energy and your spiritual strength devoted to the Lord your God, then you have 400 billion actions per second trying to fill a void that exists in your life through sexual fulfillment, through financial fulfillment, through emotional fulfillment, through codependency, through all kinds of actions. 400 billion actions per second and you are not in control. You might think you're in control. You are not in control. Surrendering to the cross of Jesus Christ and putting it in his control is the only thing that's going to rescue from yourselves. Otherwise, you are on a journey of self-destruction. I'm fired up. I'm trying to help rescue us 
from ourselves, every single one of us. I'm deeply convicted by what I'm preaching to you today in my own life. All week, I just, anytime I felt like I was meandering, just almost a sense of distraction. Right now in my 40 days, I'm fasting several different things just to keep a focus. And one of those is a stupid game that I've conquered like 65,000,000 levels on my phone. And my brain just turns to mush. And like, uh, you know, I just always have, have gone to that. And so anytime I feel, you know, in this time when I'm focusing in on uh, uh, just, you know, kind of meandering, then I immediately will just grab my Bible and I'll either go up to, uh, to a spare room and just pace and I'll read and, and pray the book of Ephesians. So now I'm going back. This last week I started just going back to verses, chapters that I've memorized over the years. I just want to start to focus in. I'm, I'm hungry for God's Word. I'm awakening a hunger for God's presence in this room right now, within our church family right now. I just say, let the passion of God be activated and awakened in our lives. Why don't you amen? and receive it over your own family, your household, your life, your legacy in Jesus' mighty name. The less we pay attention to the Holy Spirit, the more we will thirst for entertainment and recognition. Do we know what our mission is and are we willing to build our lives around that mission as our greatest priority? Our core problem is not that we're so passionate about the things of the world. Our core problem is we're not passionate enough about the things of the Lord. Think about it. Galatians 5 says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Therefore, if you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, it's because you're distracted from the things of the Spirit. If you'll live by the Spirit, pay attention to the Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit have to say? What is God's opinion about what you're looking at on your phone or your computer? What is God's opinion about the number of hours you're devoting into whatever it is you're devoting into? What is God's opinion? Live by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How about this one? The Lord is my shepherd. I, I love it, shall not want. All these desires exist within us. And when they're misappropriated, you just have to take 400 billion actions per second of brain power to try and find something else to fulfill what's just not fulfilling until you finally give up that pursuit and you open up your heart and you realize this is why I was born, <laughs> to worship the Lord my God as my way of life. Everything that I am surrendered to him, which is why I like John Piper's quote for today. The deepest cure for pitiful addictions. How many of you in this room would admit you're contending with things that are addiction or addiction-like? Can I just see inclinations and you come back to that? You know, it's just that thing that you come back to. Now, I just want to break that right now in Jesus' name. Let's agree that stronghold be broken in all of our lives in the name of Jesus. I, I told you that. I just felt the Lord was just saying, have faith to release something. And I, I just say that is broken in our lives in the name of Jesus. 
over the course of this week, we are going to be more in alignment with the presence of the Lord and an awareness of God than we have perhaps ever been. How many of you just received that in Jesus' mighty name? We just step into another dimension of greater awareness of God where we begin to live by the Spirit and all those other things just start to fall to the wayside. Where we understand the Lord is my shepherd and this want, this desire, this pursuit, this constantly gnawing and never fulfilled, it just begins to fall away. I shall not want. The deepest cure, this is this quote, the deepest cure to these pitiful addictions is to be fascinated by the infinite, everlasting, unchanging supremacy of Christ. Powerful things happen inside when you spend time with God. When you're in his presence for extended periods, the molecular composition of your soul begins to get restructured. You start having different passions and interests, and you don't even know why. All you know is sinful affections that once pulled at your soul no longer have their former power over you. Let's just stand right now. Before you do, but I want to, don't, don't stand yet. Don't stand yet. I'm going to ask you to stand. The reason I want you to think about it before we do is I'm asking you to stand in a new place of standing in Christ. When you've done all else, then stand firm, the Bible says. I'm going to ask you that when you step to your feet, you are saying, I am going to stand in a new strength and in a new grace, in a new pursuit of the things of God. Come on, in an attitude of faith, let's stand with that as our disposition. And we say it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, unlock something within our hearts, within our minds, within our lives, within our emotions, the trauma, the triggers. Lord, we bring all that we are as an expression of worship to the Lord our God. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. When we lose sight of Jesus, fixing our eyes on other things, we misappropriate our God-given desires. He is supposed to be what we desire. Jesus is the way. He's not the way to the stuff you want. He is the way. Like he's what you're supposed to want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And when you get this right, things begin to change because sin is what we do in our hearts when we've decided God is not enough. Sin is what we do in our hearts when we've decided God is not enough. So what is your spiritual condition? The Bible says examine yourself. Take a look at your faith. Are you in the faith? Where is your faith? You remember the ending of the verses that we talked about? The Lord has given each of us a measure of faith. You have faith. Your faith might not be strong, but you have faith. And if you will devote yourself to the deeper pursuit of God, getting into His Word, exploring and experience His presence, gathering like this congregationally, gathering like this uh, as we gather in community groups and tables and different face-to-face, -face, not just shoulder-to-shoulder. Shoulder-to-shoulder is a part of what God's calling us to do. We understand that. This is not the cure-all. 
There has to be an intimate connection. How many of you know we talk a lot about community groups? We did a Discover Destiny for new folks coming in this uh, last week, and I made this statement. I've never made this statement before, but I just want to make it loud and clear for all of us. Community group is not the answer to community. I hope you'll go to a community group. But you can stonewall people in a large group. You can stonewall people in a small group. The answer to community is vulnerability and a hunger and a passion within you that says, even if I have to embarrass myself, I am going to seek the Lord my God. I'm going to lay my life down because His life is what matters to me more than anything else. So let's give ourselves to strengthening that measure of faith that God has deposited within each and every one of us. That's what the 40 days focus is. Just the first fruits of the year. We're pursuing, we're exploring, personally, corporately. We're consistently submitting to God's desires. We're rationally giving. Get your tithe in order. Tithe has always been a part of worship. It's always been a part of worship. Bring your tithe before the Lord. Give online. Give in the giving station. We're about to go back into a time of worship. There's communion uh, at the back. Every week you can feel free. Come and just receive communion and celebrate the sacrifice of Christ. But again, it's not just about His sacrifice. Come on, there's some sacrifice we need to make to see God's kingdom come. So let's, let's bring sacrificial worship to the Lord. We're just going to take a few moments. and We're going to worship the Lord our God before we're dismissed and sent out and I want to ask you would you engage in these few moments that we have on a level that really is genuinely from the bottom of your heart with all of your heart let's just worship the Lord our God surrender everything that is within us if there's an area in your life an addiction you want us to pray in agreement very specifically for, then we want to agree that be broken in Jesus' mighty name. If you say, I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with Christ, I want to encourage you not to leave this place without praying in agreement that we might join our hearts with you and, and just agree Jesus is Lord. He's this loving, wonderful Savior who wants to awaken His purposes within us, but we've got to be willing to respond to open up to His reach. So our prayer teams, they're going to make their way back right under those lights behind the center section here. And as we worship, if we can pray with you about anything at all, please don't hesitate. Come immediately. Let's agree for your friends and your family to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's agree that we will come to a deeper knowledge and awareness of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we just come. And we thank you for the power of your word that's been demonstrated today by your spirit. Something within us is transacting. Something within us is taking place. And we just want to respond to that, Lord God Almighty. We receive, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's take the sound of our voice. In an attitude of faith, let's worship the Lord our God and release his kingdom. <laughs>